Hold on. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the final table of this um, first day of the assembly. Um, <laughs> hey! <laughs> My lighting system is falling apart. It's okay. <laughs> Um, hi, everybody. My name is Hoban. I'm very, very um, honored to be here today to be part of uh, um, these conversations. Um, yesterday in a, a, a preparatory meeting, Bina called it um, making meaning together in this very um, kind of uh, in these snapshots of conversations that we're having that can never um, of course, fully go in depth, but just scratching the surface on what these, um, um, what commoning might look like, um, could mean, bless you, Whitney. <laughs> um, and, um, <laughs> and, um, and sharing, of course, all the methodologies, all the experiences that you all have. So it's a very, very rich conversation. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, Costco team and congratulations uh, on organizing this in this strange uh, situation. Welcome everybody. Um, I would like to ask you um, if you are a contributor to this table um, to join uh, with your um, video and um, um, to be ready to speak if you would like. And uh, for everybody who wants to actively participate in the, in the um, in this conversation as well, to keep your video on if possible, and um, if if not, if you want to um, join the editorial corner, of course that's possible. If you want to take a break, etc., that's all possible. And then you can turn off your video and put on the screen um, the word that you feel. Um, sort of um, has grabbed your interest the most at the moment. Um, so with that, let me um, again check. Here's the link to the editorial corner, I think has just been used, um, has just been um, shared again in the chat. Um, just ch double checking if I've missed any other housekeeping um, information. I think that's okay. I think I've covered everything, and if not, uh, Mariana um, or um, some of the other team members can um, help me. Um, so this table is about the words um, conflict times two. We have two contributors who have written about it. Um, conflict as dissent and conflict um, from a more sort of um, with an emphasis on trans transform how transformative it can be. Um, care, um, the cosmic, and also the carnivalesque. So um, I hope that Valentina and Mia, Caroline, or Carolyn, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the names correctly, Sina and Matthew can join. I think I saw that Raquel wasn't, wasn't here yet or can't be here today, but if Raquel is here, then um, of course, please, no, <laughs> Sina's no, okay. <laughs> okay, so, um, um, oh yeah, just also to, to sort of, uh, I'm, I'm based in, I'm based in Amsterdam, it's uh, 5.30, I'm in a dark attic, and um, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I'll just start off by sharing a short quote from every um, contrib contribution um, and ask, um, after reading the quote, ask the contributor if they maybe want to share something. Um, and I'll, sh I'll, I'll share a question for some of you and for some um, um, not. We'll see how it goes. So to start off with Valentina, because often, um, Valentina, are you here? Yes. Hey, yeah, Valentina. yeah. Thank you for reading, for uh, sending in your uh, contribution, um, because you write about conflict, and um, it's um, from the text and also the word. We know it, it can be difficult, and we can we know it's it's it is it is difficult to also speak up sometimes when you don't agree with something. Um, it's a difficult a difficult role and a difficult dynamic, of course. But so I wanted to invite you um, as the first. Um, uh, guest of honor here to, to share uh, something. And I'll, I'll start with reading from your text um, where you say, it ain't easy to be the party pooper, the killjoy, the spoil sport, the wet blanket. So I usually leave. It takes a lot of strength to disagree and I've run out of fuel. Then you also say, not all of us, all of us have a way to articulate our discomfort and the strength to bear the consequences of voicing our disagreement. So we retreat to the private sphere. Those of us who are lucky enough to have a support system while others um, fall through the cracks and are never seen again. And then you ask, what will it take to extend the invitation to the sometimes disagreeable guests? And Valentina is um, writing this about uh, participating in the Climate Justice Code Working Group, of which some other members are here. Um, and, um, and at the moment, you're not part of that working group anymore. Um, I really um, like that question. What will it take to extend the invitation to the sometimes disagreeable guests? So I'd like to ask Valentina first to maybe, if you want to say something about um, what maybe your own answers are to that question, and then open it to the rest of the um, table. Um, yeah, that's a really difficult question. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the what is just popping in my head is just that it takes, it's just a really, it's really deep, um, difficult work. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes in groups, it's just difficult to engage at that level, just because there are um, priorities, there are things we're trying to do, we have like clear goals. Um, and that's, that's part of what I really missed in this specific group that I feel like um, there was such a sense of urgency um so i don't know yeah i feel like maybe 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 what it takes is to um to really maybe uh, uh being able to not be so obsessed with the end goals and being able to like take a step step back and really like engage in this radical slowness and um i don't know um really try to listen to 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 what people are saying and what people need um because i don't know i i mean i I'm also, I mean, I'm, I'm like, uh, I mean, in this specific case, you know, I, I was a person that was really suffering in the group, but uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure in other situations, 
I've been the person that was really driven and, and had a goal. And so I'm sure I also have not listened in the past to other people. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like, ah, I know this was done to me. I just recognize that, uh, yeah, when we have a very clear goal and we, th we feel that urgency, it can be really difficult to actually uh, read the room. Um, I feel like maybe I'm also um, a bit introverted and in these groups, um, I'm much better, I can express myself much better in writing and in these groups when, you know, you basically have to say things to people in front of people that sometimes you don't know very well. Um, yeah, that can be that can be really difficult. So you have to be a really good listener uh, to perceive that something is a bit off. Um, and, you know, yeah, so I don't know. I think, think this problem of urgency and engaging this like radical slowness. I remember that one day I had in the group, I even said this word and, you know, I feel like people were just like, ha ha, like, like, no, I mean, are you crazy? I mean, we cannot be slow. We can't afford to be slow. And I really think that actually, yeah, if we don't do that, then it doesn't matter where we're trying to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Valentina, also for being so open, um, because of course there are members also, it's an active group that is working now and there are members here. So I also understand the, the vulnerability or the sensitivity that um, is might also be felt by um, by everybody here who's involved in this in this working group. Um, so it is, um, um, yeah, very brave um, for everybody to kind of uh, to 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 take this moment to talk about this so openly. Somebody is so does somebody so there's there's some something in the chat going on. There's a lot of um, response to the word urgency and what are um, what tempo does um, to create conflict or maybe to, um, yeah. Does anybody else want to respond to this? Marisha? Marisha, yes, hi. Valentina, I, I was just really interested in um, what you were saying and, and wanted to maybe um, go a little bit further on this idea of slowness and whether it is, um, is there something sort of inherent in slowness that is radical? Where does the radicality of slowness in, in your mind, you know, uh, comes from? And I, uh, I don't know if you're aware, there is a, a new organization or fairly new organization called um, Tortoise, uh, which relies on slow news. So, so Tortoise, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a corporation, but um, its approach to news is to understand um, why something is happening and not simply that it is happening, which, you know, most news channels would concentrate on just telling you the story. And they um, rely on research, which uh, takes many months so it's not newsworthy uh, as they're doing it, but then they sort of come back to items which were in the news and really give you a very, very thorough um, tools to understand why things happen the way they happen. So that just, um, you know, one way of, of thinking about slowness. But I wanted to, to come to your example of, of you know what is radical about slowness and can we really take that further thank you marisha 
Um, yeah, I, I never heard about this, so thank you for um, yeah for letting me know. I will look into this. But uh, I mean, I think what is what can what can be radical about slow, slowness is just that it's the opposite of of our. Um, you know, it's like we, we feel, especially, you know, in response to what is happening in the world, I think there is this idea that we have to intervene. It's like there is an urgency. We have to act. It's going to be too late in a second. So what is radical is actually having to um, not act. It's like having to first take care of, of the how, why, like who. So it's like, okay, so you have to basically say, okay, the thing that is so important, we have to first, uh, we, we have to tackle it really, really, really slowly. And I think for a lot of people, this is really like almost impossible to do, but because we are conditioned, right? Like, I mean, we all, we live in a, we're all raised in a, in a capitalist society where we need to produce, we need to do things and otherwise we have no value. So I just think that this is so difficult and it is really, really difficult for me. Like I, I work myself into holes all the time. I, I, you know, I suffer burnouts like every day. It's just, uh, so I think this is radical. It's just like, it's the opposite of what we've been taught to do. Um, and so there will be a lot of resistance, like internal right. resistance and resistance, resistance from others that might, you know, either not have thought about this or yeah that are doing something good, trying to, you know, uh, doing something radical and revolutionary. So I think it is really difficult to slow down. Mm. Thank you. Um, does anybody want, uh, else want to respond um, uh, verbally? I see a lot of interesting comments um, and responses in the chat. Thank you for that. Does anybody else want to respond verbally? Also, it, it would be nice if Carlin wants to share because he <laughs> yeah, also yeah. uh, submitted conflict. But okay, yeah, I'm new. <laughs> I don't know how much everybody knows each other. Uh, hello, Valentina. Thank you for sharing that. I'm Caroline. I'm based in Hartford, Connecticut. So it's like 10:30 in the morning here. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And I have this ongoing debate with my friend about whether organizations can become transformative. You know, there's this idea of transformative organizing where we must transform ourselves before and in addition to transforming society. Um, and of course, we will have inevitable antagonisms because of the structure of systems like capitalism in our groups when the structural becomes interpersonal. Um, yeah, and I was putting a link to white supremacy culture because I think that's really helpful to uh, talk about how to begin by acknowledging that relationships have to be at the core and to, yeah, think about ways to always begin with a desire for rupture and repair and know that that's the only way we will have real conversation and real work together. So I don't have anything specific to say, just that um, for me, conflict is where we get at the heart of what's really happening and we get to really know each other. And in spaces where everyone is agreeable, it's clear that so much is not said and that the relationships are not that deep. And I really enjoy being in spaces where people are very honest and 
sort of do like an audit of the culture of the group and say, oh, it seems normal in this group to do X or to do Y. And so when I'm in groups that have very different social positions in them, uh, we're already sort of unable to have this like polite culture. And I really like that. Um, so I like what you were sharing, Valentina, and sorry if that's not so uh, concise, but I'm really thankful to join you all. Thank you so much, Caroline. Um, and it echoes something that Valentina said, which in, in your in your uh, contribution, uh, Valentina, when you said dissent should be normalized and supported. Um, I want to come back to Caroline again, um, but first go to somebody who said um, in the chat that they wanted to speak. Um, um, yes, Care Cosmos, yes. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I really agree with the um, idea of going slow as um, an act of radicalness against capitalism, because if anything, that's sort of what um, COVID did. It made everything come to a screeching halt and it made us really, or at least me, really question my daily activities, which become routines. And, um, and I think that the idea of going slow makes you really question every decision you make and also makes um, you kind of, or at least maybe I'll just say me, <laughs> kind of really um, uh, have the time, allow myself the time to make decisions um, less pressured and in a more value-based um, way. So I think that this idea of going slower is incredibly um, essential. Um, and it, I think it's very correlates with cycles and nature and seasons um, as well. So it's very, it's very connected to, to sustainability and the way of living healthy as well. So mm. that's all I want to say. Thank you for that. And Yin adds something uh, really important to that as well. Um, slowness has to be accompanied with togetherness and affordable time. Otherwise it can be a form of, become a form of exploitation in the sense that people must sacrifice their available resources to meet this radicalness. And it makes me think also about how some institutions and organizations are incredibly slow, very, very slow <laughs> to the point where um, um, nothing is happening. Um, so um, that's an, another interesting <laughs> balance to, yes, how can slowness be made sustainable? Um, where, um, who can afford to give time to a process and when can we not afford to not give time to a process? Um, okay, um, there is there are links to two other, uh, everything is linked. I think that's the, one of the conclusions that we can come to at the end of this day, but there are for sure links to um, one word, um, the cosmic and the story behind that from the um, uh, Kiosko Collective uh, Arts Laboratory and uh, and and, and uh, about rhythm and and surrounding yourself to some type of rhythms that are given in nature, but also of course um, um, Caroline's contribution, which talks about um, conflict and transformation, as you had said before. Um, um, Caroline so beautifully. I thought it was very concise. Um, and you talk about another element that has to do with the internal. So conflict says something about the group dynamic, what is going on in this group, what are the, the, the what is the culture, what are the assumptions, what are the values in the group, but also how can you attend to your own um, to, to what's going on inside you when when conflict arises. And you 
and how you how paying attention to that can really be very transformative and productive. Do you want to share something about that? Um, yeah, thank you. Um, maybe the quick answer or quick non-slow way. It feels very stressful when there's so many people here and um, yeah, it's hard to speak in a big space. Um, yeah, I think that for me, I was a conflict avoider for a very long time. And uh, I think many of us get into this collective work out of some desire to heal systems and heal ourselves and find a chosen family. And so that often is not attended to. And there's no um, entry point that's about trauma-informed collaboration. So at some point that became very important to me because I realized I was avoiding conflict with collaborators because it triggered so much in me about um, not being cared for, you know, in so many different moments. So yeah, I started working with different people. Like um, there's a group called Generative Somatics. I can put a link to their work in the U.S. and also Esteban Kelly, who does facilitation practices. And yeah, I think if we are not more aware of ourselves, of course, it's so hard to be aware of each other. So there are many somatic embodied practices that we can do. And I think uh, maybe tomorrow or in some other moment, we can have a truly slow gathering, nonverbal, even uh, embodied and visual and sound-based uh, encuentro, let's say, yeah, mm. where we do them together. But yeah, I think that really allows us to even be on Zoom and not go crazy. And in your contribution, thank you, Caroline, also despite the nerves, I know that, it, it, yeah, it can be a big thing <laughs> to, to, to speak and share uh, in this format in front of a big group. Um, in your contribution, you also talk about how um, using a sculpture um, and working online, I, I believe it was through Zoom, right? Where you were engaging in a conversation or in an encounter um, um, amongst others with somebody you, you were very apprehensive about at first, where you felt like you got your hackles up, I don't wanna deal with this person. And then working in, in this tactile form, touching something together apart through Zoom really helped um, resolve something, but it, it was difficult to understand why um, doing that was so um, made it so different. Can you can you share some thoughts about that? About why that embodied aspect is so important? Yeah, I think we can try it maybe tomorrow. Uh, there are different activities that are nice to do to become more embodied. And Alta Starr from Generative Somatics says, um, sensation is the fastest way to get into the present. And so if we're often dissociating or projecting or fantasizing outside of what's really happening, I think touching something like, this is an example, but I'm not gonna show you all of it. You get really into the present in your body, you know, like we could dance, we can hold things, we can actually like caress our rectangles. Like there are things we can do to be more alive and less dissociated from the mediation. And the thing that I use has water in it. So you have to get away from the computer and really touch water and be in relationship to 
also the knowledge that's in the water itself. So anyway, I think we should practice it tomorrow if people are interested. Um, yeah, and I can share other facilitators that are playing with this. Many of you probably have your own practices that we could share with each other. But yeah, I think many visual artists know the power of the visual, like you probably also, we got into this because we're not actually primarily verbal. We would have been writers or poets, maybe sorry to the poets and the writers, but you know, we're makers, we're into the tactile. We communicate with objects and with sound and with our bodies maybe before uh, language. So it's nice to make room for that communication that's not language-based or, you know, particularly English, mm. English as well. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a nice way to shift the dynamic. I think other knowledges become uh, present. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Caroline. Uh, open up, opening up the floor again, um, conversation and chat is ongoing. Does anybody else want to respond verbally to this topic before we move on to the next word? Okay, in that case, um, I would love to, uh, the, the immediate connection um, going off of what Caroline said that I make is um, carnivalesque. Uh, the other word, um, the fourth word of the of this table. I would like to invite, I saw that, I, I'm not sure if the person that I thought was going to be here is here. I saw two people sitting in front of the video um, from um, who, who contributed that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, embodiment um, and the body, um, would you like to respond to what Caroline said or, or maybe some other thoughts that you, you want to share? Hi, I hope I'm I'm loud enough for everyone. Um, yeah, my name is my name's Matty, and I, I just wanted to start very very quickly since we have almost a hundred people here, guys, where where everybody um, switches on their camera if they want and reaches either to the left or the right because you have this your your zoom in gallery view. And so you can see like a broad spectrum of people and you kind of reach outwards or upwards or sidewards or downwards towards the person that you think like is above you. Maybe we can all try that. <laughs> yeah, we try to reach uh, maybe down diagonally or upwards somewhere to, <laughs> to someone next to you or above you, below you. <laughs> yeah. Try to touch their hair, maybe <laughs> grab, yeah, grab onto their hands some, somehow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, thank you very much. That was really, um, that was really lovely. Um, so I am uh, offering a contribution to to the um, assembly on the uh, as a dancer uh, and as a performer, and I have been thinking through the word carnival or carnivalesque um, because it's it's a really I think it's a really nice way of uh, a metaphor of thinking about collective uh, bodies coming together and collective joy 
or how we find or come together in to to celebrate or to have moments of uh, group care, group love, and also to touch each other. So maybe already some of these things were talked about uh, with in relation to conflict. I do see that uh, carnival or getting all these kind of grouping together of bodies is a way of resolving conflict or bringing together bodies to, to, to communicate in a nonverbal way. And it is a practice of slowness in that often when you are in, involved in carnival or collective dance, you are very present. And I think presence is a form of slowness. Um, I also think, uh, yeah, I, I think we may be connecting to the word cosmos, which I suppose is coming is also coming up, that I think there is often a, a sense that when we come together to dance, there is a reaching out of the individual body to, to something bigger. Uh, that's like a collective body and that can feel cosmic in some sense or feel beyond beyond yourself it, it's boundary boundary breaking and i think that's very useful also to think through dance uh, so i yeah i've been thinking about how over over the course of the last few months since the corona thing started that um like spaces of bodies coming together that would be festivals clubs or theaters uh have have become um have just become very difficult spaces or they've been either shut down or they've been branded as like these spaces where a lot of uh where disease can spread or kind of bodies are um seen as as dangerous and of course there is a reality to that but it's also yeah it's hard to negotiate i think negotiate the importance of of bodies coming together, but also take into consideration um, the realities of this of the, the times. Um, and yeah. we uh, yeah, I think I my question, I guess, for everyone and maybe for tomorrow is uh, how oh, well, how do we look at or how do we look at collective joy uh, in these times? Uh, what what is happening to it now, uh, and how does that affect our individual health, our mental health, without having bodies to move together? And uh, what would it look like when things start to so-called return to normal, if you want to call it that? When things are reopening again, how do we, uh, how do our bodies relate to each other again? Because we've had such a long absence of touch, and um, yeah, how are we how are we going to experience each other's bodies, um, and in what way now and in the future do we try to retain the lived experience, uh, the experience of touch, and uh, the importance of the nonverbal? So, yeah, that's kind of my my little contribution for now. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you, um, Matthew and um, <laughs> Alexander saying um, um, that was very uh, beautiful and very useful and perhaps something that we can take uh, into tomorrow. Um, thanks for posing that question. We will. Um, I hope that we will get to it tomorrow because at the moment I'm think I'm 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 dreading this bell 
Mariana, how are we on time? <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good on time. Okay. Yes. Because we have two more concepts, two more C words to get through. Um, but the conversation is flowing quite nicely. So uh, Matthew already mentioned cosmic, shifting perspective, seeing the world in a different way, perhaps. Or um, And so I would like to invite, um, um, let's see who's, I guess it's Alexa, Alexander, who right now is maybe not available. Zina. Oh, why did I say? Hi, hold on. Because the word, I was a bit confused because of the word being on the black. Um, Tina, sorry. Yeah, that's me. Welcome. Hi. Um, I should. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for uh, for sharing. Um, I uh, I could yeah add to so many things of the the rhythms and the, the slowness and the cycles and the water and also the river has been mentioned also before and and the other rounds and also um, yeah carnivalesque. I I have something else I would like to add to yours, but um, my I didn't receive a question, right? So I can just. You didn't receive a question. <laughs> Good. I like this. Any of any of these any of these thoughts that have been offered. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It of course um, as you just introduced it, Holden, it is um, and I guess another way of of decentering the human. Um, and I like the uh, what you've just said. I think Matthew about the. Um, breaking those boundaries or they I also from personally speaking um having that experience on that river Mamore in Beni Bolivia where we did that um artist workshop called Ibubuya around four years ago it was one also of my most intense experience of kind of also dissolving into something I don't know if we can call it nature or something else and I, I, um, I just, um, yeah, I want to say Raquel um, and me, we work together like um, she's a cloud and I'm all the earth. Um, and so her idea of creating this um, workshop on that um, river, which is part of the, the Amazon fluvial system. Um, yeah, we, we worked together um, a few years to, to make it possible to make it happen and it's it kind of then looks like like this um and we and i was very also um, coming with my scientific mind and my german mind i'm i'm, I'm actually german but i work with kiosko in bolivia um but i i, I have to say that this experience then of Abubuya, which the word means to go with the flow and to go with the rivers and the communities, told us their stories of when the tides come that are cyclical, like they're supposed to be like every seven years, very strong, but then also due to climate change over the last years, they have been very, very strong each year. So it, it was um, getting really um, tense. Um, so they, they just pack up the village and they go afloat 
on the river to a higher point and then resettle there for the time until the water go down again. And uh, so it's um, something, yeah, with our like fixed walls and like our the corners and squares we live in, it's quite, um, yeah, very um, decentering um, experience and realizing then on the journey I was yeah really realizing that um, being together and being in the present of that moment of where the river flows is is um, important enough to organize and fund and that, that kind of um, experience with all the, the drawbacks that it can have. So this is um, the word that we found from that language, the Mohenyo language, the Abu Buya, that for us became this, um, yeah, cosmos, cosmology experience of, of a multitude of, of worldviews, natures, cultures. And then I think my question to all of us and also for tomorrow would be then if uh, some of you have other expressions and um, in your practice and if yes what it is and I think also carnivalesque seems to be like one of those as well I, I totally can relate to the carnival moments in Bolivia and in Beni or in Santa Cruz where it's like four days of intense uh, water color mud sweat and a total forming of one collective body and everything else kind of also dissolves. There's no hierarchies <laughs> anymore. And so I, I totally re relate also to the carnivalesque. Um, yeah, so thanks for, um, um, yeah, weaving in these uh, different um, words and yeah. Thank you, Sina. It makes me also think about, oh, there it is. <laughs> it makes me also think, oh, sorry, maybe you could repeat the question because you had a question for everybody to think about. Yeah, um, like in the contribution, like uh, we've, we wrote, we said that this word abubuya, so meaning to go with the flow also became then part of our daily practice. So when something, you know, in the art institution is stressful or something goes wrong and and then you just have to also like step back and say, oh, okay, it's Abu Buya. We, we have to go with the flow with what happens. And mm -hmm. and we so we integrated it, adopted it and, and still use it. Um, and so I just wonder if in your practices you have other such words that I guess to an outsider are uh, kind of um, non, not, not understandable, if I would um, say, yeah, Abu Buya, everyone calm down. <laughs> yeah, and I would be curious what would be your words or way, way from which context they come from. Mm. Thank you. Thanks. A meaningful, Yes, we will be wrapping up soon. Okay. Well, maybe that can be the next list of um, words that only the in crowd understands and makes them maybe comforts them a little bit <laughs> and um, helps them make sense of what um, what's going on. 
Um, final word that we haven't, um, that maybe we can close with then, and the final contributor um, to this table is Mia. And um, it's a lovely, calming, beautiful word to end this um, conflict <laughs> laden uh, table with. Um, Mia, do you want to come forward and maybe... Um, um... Can you see me and hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> thank you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just maybe to, because I kind of skip introductions sometimes, but maybe just to say that you are part of the um, Costco study group, um, all about my mother, in which you rethought the art institutions for matriarchal practices. And, yes. and I really, what spoke to me a lot, which maybe just, if, if nothing else, if people take this, when you said, um, as a, as a person who has often found group work overwhelming, these seemingly small habits and attitudinal recalibration shifted that for me. So super interesting. Um, if you want to respond to anything that has been said before, maybe share something that you prepared, please feel welcome. Cool, thank you. Um, yeah, I really related a lot to what Valentina was saying, and I really think care and conflict are very like they need to be symbiotic in that sense. Um, what Valentina was talking about, I can see why we were put in the same conversation because the first ingredient that I brought to um, the Casco study group was Tyranny of Structurelessness um, by Joe Freeman, um, which was referenced in the text that Valentina shared in the document. Um, and just thinking about how um, you really need to sort of set a groundwork for um, group situations so that everyone's sort of on the same level and understanding the rules of the game. And that can be the problem with non-hierarchical type groups, the ones that don't have this framework. It can be um, people that just come in or can't be at all the meetings or that sort of thing. Um, there isn't, it's not accessible to everyone unless there is laid out um, practices that go along with it from the beginning that everyone is informed about. Um, also just on that, a great text is by Mark Fisher, Indirect Action, um, some misgivings about horizontalism, um, which we also dealt with, which was amazing, um, very informative for this topic. But yeah, just going back to the Casco group, um, I think we did a really good job of um, well, thanks to out in our first meeting with um, Stacey and Zapake, two of our tutors, I think we did a good job of setting that groundwork um, and bringing in practices that really I hadn't done before in a group that made it accessible to me, such as the check-ins um, just before we, just when we met. Um, we would always do a check-in just to see where everyone's at and what they're bringing to that meeting, um, how they're feeling, um, what they've experienced lately. And that just really, I don't know, set the tone for the meetings that um, helped me personally. Also just regular movement and breath breaks. So whether they were structured in or when they were just like emergency ones that were seen to be necessary at that moment, like especially right before the um, we had the summit where we presented our year-long sort of trajectory outcome. And I remember we we're all very stressed and Yolande stopped the group and we did three breaths together. And just that sort of check-in with the body um, when we're all like about to go out and, you know, have the end show thing was really really important um uh also just like 
access needs and sharing those and letting people know if there's a reason why you're distracted at that meeting or something happening that people should know about so they don't just think that you're not contributing or um you know having the space for that I really um I wrote about in the text imagining care as space and just putting space around the group to sort of make us it okay for the messiness of being human to be integrated in the group so people don't feel like they have to exclude themselves when things are difficult or conflict arises um and just the way that when there is that that relationship of care um we're sort of able to access inner resources that we might not have otherwise been able to tap into because we feel committed to the group and committed to each other relationally in like a group of togetherness um so yeah that's what I was thinking about um and what I wrote about in the in the document but yeah I don't really have a question or anything to wrap up but <laughs> thank you everyone thanks for sharing as well that I feel like um a lot of I feel like this was a very um, fertile conversation, rich conversation, as have all the, the tables been. And it, feel, it felt it, it was a good sort of um, combination of words that the team put together because I felt like you were having like one conversation with each other. Everything connected with each other so much. Um, we've run out of time. Um, just checking in with Mariana. Have we run out of time? Yes. Yes. yes, let's wrap this table up. Exactly. People also need to live yeah. with and um... exactly, yes. So thank you all, thanks to the speakers um, for, for sharing and for everybody also contributing also their own perspectives in the chat or um, in the conversation. So that's it for me. I'm thank out. You so much. Well done. And everyone and all the tables. I give the mic to Leana to close it yes. up. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining the third Costco uh, Art Institute Annual Assembly. We owe each other everything today. Um, it's amazing to see how many people joined and to see many new and also familiar faces on our digital screens. Um, and on behalf of the Costco team, we want to thank all the contributors to, for sharing your thoughts and wisdom and for sharing your stories and reflections on your ways of working and being together. Uh, and thank you so much to all the participants for sharing uh, your thoughts and questions uh, and your input as well, especially in the chat and the editorial corner. Uh, and we want to thank the moderators, Tessa, Hodan, Yang and Whitney for guiding the conversations in such a caring and thoughtful way. Uh, and we also want to thank Stacey, Amy and Sophie for doing the live captioning. And thank you, Luke and Neve for the Zoom management. Uh, and thank you, Sharon, for being the editor of the editorial corner today. Um, and we would also like to thank the steering committee, Yolandi, Ying, and Annette. Um, and also a huge thank you to the co-organizers, Bena and Mariana, uh, and who did an amazing job in uh, organizing this assembly. And we hope to see you tomorrow for the second day of the assembly, uh, where we will be reflecting uh, on what has been shared today and where we will be uh, doing mapping and visualization for the future workshops, uh, as well as collective harvesting. And if you are not joining tomorrow, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, and hopefully we'll meet again at the assembly next year or before that. And uh, have a good rest uh, of your day. And uh, thank you so much, everyone. <laughs>